Hello, my beautiful, lovely, lovely people. Happy Monday! It's the beginning of a new week, which means, you know, kind of setting up and starting new, not carrying any of the negative thoughts or negative feelings that you had against last week, and kind of starting fresh. Taking that deep, fresh of breath air and starting off the week in a positive way, which is how I always like to start Mondays because, let's be real, Mondays aren't the best day of the week. I mean, work starts all over again, but you always got to think positively about it. I'm actually recording this podcast on Sunday and it is lovely outside. It is nice and warm. I'm having a warm glass of black tea with some milk in it, and then I'm having some yogurt with, I mix chocolate protein in there, and then I put raw cacao nibs on top, blueberries and coconut shreds and almonds, and it is so stinking tasty. So if you're looking for a breakfast idea, I definitely recommend. If you are returning for yet another podcast, I welcome you back, and if you're new here, my name is Lauren. I have celiac, IBS, and Crohn's, and basically on my podcast, I just go into a lot more depth on how I handle having celiac disease. Um, Celiac disease and IBS are one of my two most um, prominent diseases in my life. My Crohn's disease is pretty mild, and my IBS, celiac, and Crohn's symptoms seem to overlap, so... Most of my symptoms are correlated with my celiac or my IBS. My Crohn's disease is pretty managed right now. Um, I have a very mild case, but I do talk about my celiac disease most on here because it's what affects me most of my everyday life. So if you don't follow me already on TikTok and you want to see more videos relating to my everyday life and how I handle having two autoimmune diseases and IBS, you can follow me at eGlutenFree with me. And then I'm also on Instagram at eat.glutenfree with me. On Instagram, I show more of like my everyday move, showing meals that I make every day, showing little exercises that I do um, to help my celiac symptoms and my IBS symptoms and Crohn's. So yeah, if you want to get to know me better, I definitely recommend giving me a follow on there and I will love you forever. Also, if at the end of this podcast, you really enjoyed it, it would be so great of you to leave a review. Please let me know how you're enjoying the podcast or if you have any ideas on topics that you want me to discuss, um, I read through those reviews. So it would mean the world of me if you could do that. Today, we're covering a topic that I have personally struggled to talk about in the past. Um, I don't even think I've talked about it with my personal family or friends. I literally have kept this all to myself probably my entire life because it's not something that's easy for me to talk about or something that, you know, I'm really proud of, Um, but basically has to do with how celiac disease gave me extreme body dysmorphia, eating disordered behaviors, and just made me not as confident as I wish that I could have been. And I'm basically going to talk about, you know, my experiences with how this kind of came about um, and how I'm handling it today because I have been able able to overcome, um, you know, those thoughts and feelings that, you know, my brain has kind of melded me to think are, you know, the standard for everyone in terms of like body image. Um, Yeah, this is the first time I'm actually really talking about it. It's something that's very vulnerable for me to talk about, and I don't always feel comfortable, like, sharing how I feel about my body. But I think it's really important because I know when having celiac disease, um, bloating is, like, a huge part for me. 
and it has always had an impact on how I feel about, you know, myself and how it's affected um, the way I see myself and also connecting that to social media and what the standard is um, for one's body type and, you know, how you're always trying to meld into that perfect standard. And that's not really realistic, especially when you have an autoimmune disease and, you know, you're dealing with symptoms that a lot of other girls don't have to deal with. And I think it's really important that if you have celiac disease and if you struggle from body dysmorphia or you've developed eating disorder behaviors, you know, that's okay. And it's part of the disease and it's part of the disease that is not talked about. And it should be talked about more. And that's exactly why I'm creating this podcast today because... During these times, I felt very alone, and I felt like I know that eating disorders and body dysmorphia is not something that I really wanted to be a part of, something I really tried hard to, you know, get past, but it was something that was really connected to my symptoms and me having a fear of food because food caused all my symptoms, and Again, this is just something that I don't think a lot of people with celiac disease talk about or IBS talk about, and it's something that I want to help spread awareness about. Also, excuse if my voice is very scratchy. I tend to have a morning voice, and I just woke up like an hour ago, and it takes about like half the day to get rid of it. (laughs) I'm like noticing it's so scratchy, but um, welcome to Lauren's morning voice. So I guess let's begin at my symptoms, you know, that kind of led me down this path of having body dysmorphia and eating disordered habits. So in relation to my celiac and a crossover of my IBS symptoms and probably crossover of my Crohn's symptoms, I suffer from extreme bloating. Um, I've been able to get my bloating under control through eating a anti-inflammatory diet and really focusing on the foods that are going into my body. How processed are they? What are the ingredients in them? Are they inflammatory? All of those have played a factor in the way that I now feel. And I went through an elimination diet to help me um, through getting out of that extreme bloating phase. But pre that, pre pre before the elimination diet, I um, suffered for years with bloating from the moment I woke up to the moment that I went to bed. Like not just like bloating after you eat, like bloating so bad, like you feel like you actually have to stick a knife in your stomach because to like relieve the pressure. It feels like this extreme pressure, like, you know, if someone would say like, oh, push out your stomach and it hurts sometimes when you do that, like that's exactly the feeling that I would feel 24-7. And it put me in a really bad place mentally. Um, it just freaking hurt like hell. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't wear the clothes I wanted to. I started to gain a lot of weight because of it because I just wanted to eat comfort food because I was constantly feeling sick and I didn't really know how to go about it. So I began to struggle because in the beginning when I first got do- diagnosed with all of this, I thought that this bloating was normal. I was like, oh, everyone probably deals with bloating this bad. And because I had dealt with it for so many years, you know, I just had become used to it. But then the pain started to get worse and worse and worse. And it just started to really have a toll on my mental health. And, um, like, I would never look in the mirror and be like, wow, like, I'm happy with what I see. Or, like, I feel great in my own skin and I feel great in my own body. And this led me down a path of doing, you know, not great things to my, you know, body. Um, 
I struggled to watch other people eat freely and feel great um, when I felt like shit all the time. And that's kind of a, the role that so, 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 eh, social media played in this whole picture. It's like everyone, you know, all these health influencers post all these like really yummy recipes in their flat stomach after. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to eat celery juice and feel great after. But my body celeries and it's an inflammatory like food so that causes a lot of inflammation in someone who has ibs leading to bloating so it's like social media would paint this picture in your head like oh just eat all these vegetables and fruits but those don't sit well with me because i have ibs and i have celiac and my ibs will flare up if i have certain foods um so yeah it was hard to watch other people eat whatever they want gluten and all such of sorts and feel great because you know I had been trying to eat freely for so long and it just consistently kept leading to me being bloated and feeling uncomfortable all the time and because everything that I was eating was causing me to blow it was leading me to fear food um I would uh, about like six seven months ago like last October um I was going through an elimination diet um which I should have already known was going to be harder for myself because I had experienced eating disorder habits before and severe body dysmorphia and um yeah during this time like going cutting back food when you already have celiac celiac disease is hard enough because you can barely eat anything as it is um so basically this diet cut me back to like nuts protein and like some certain vegetables and it was really hard for me because basically if I work with a nutritionist and they tell me not to eat something I will not eat it like I I'm a very type a person and if someone tells me to do something like I will listen to them like that's just my personality so if you tell me not to eat bread, I'm not going to eat bread, like, forever. I will not eat bread. Like, my brain is just calculated in that way that I will listen to exactly what you tell me because I think you're an expert in what you're talking about. And that led me to not being able to eat intuitively. Like, I literally would not have a piece of bread because I was like, oh, it's going to cause me to blow. Like, I cannot eat eggplant because she told me not to eat it. So if I eat it, I'm going to have symptoms. And that kind of led me down this, like, really bad you know um tunnel of like just bad eating habits and I would literally wake up in the morning and look at my pantry and I would open it and I would just look at it and then I would close it and then I would like pace the house or like go upstairs and clean my room and then I'd come back down and I would open my refrigerator and I'd be like I don't know like this food might cause me to bloat if I eat it and then I would get anxious so then I would close the refrigerator and I would like go in my sunroom and I would sit down and I would cry and then I would go back into the fridge and I'd be like, I have to fucking eat something. Like, I don't know what to eat because, like, whatever it is, it's just going to make me feel bloated. Like, during this time, it was like the less I ate, the better I felt. So it was like it was a reward not to eat because if you want to feel good, you don't eat. If you want to feel like shit, then you eat. And it's like, who wants to feel like shit 24-7? When food is correlated with bloating and terrible symptoms and, like, you know, not good body positivity image, then you're going to choose not to eat. And that's just, that's not your fault. Don't blame yourself for that because you're stuck in this terrible pattern of your body rejecting everything you're putting in it. So naturally, you know, your head's going to tell you don't eat because it's going to lead to this bad symptom. So this is kind of the cycle that I fell into. And I got really in a dark place about 
yeah I want to say about like six months ago it was like really hard and I didn't really know like who to talk to about it even though I had a nutritionist I felt like she wasn't really understanding like what I was going through um and I didn't really know how to navigate it so my only option was to kind of run through this elimination diet and as I started adding foods back in one at a time I was slowly realizing like the foods that were starting to bother me as I was on this high protein, like I was eating nuts and like protein, no protein, nuts and vegetables, I would add back in bread and then bread would bloat me and I'd be like, okay, well then I can't eat that type of bread. So then I would try like the Siete almond flour wraps and like that would feel good. So then I started to like little by little keep like trialing all these different foods and like different amounts of foods. Like I would start with like five raspberries okay I felt good the next day I do 10 raspberries okay 10 was too much so it was like kind of figuring that all out but still like in terms of like ED behaviors you don't want to be like measuring your food because that's just like it's not a good pattern to get into because then you know I have obsessive behavior and like I'll like oh if 10 raspberries is the only thing that feels good then I'm never gonna eat more than 10 raspberries and like I've always tried to help myself like by eating intuitively because that's always when I feel my best is when I don't think about um you know the amount of the food or I don't think about if the food's good or bad it just looks I just try to look at it as something that's going to nourish me and something's got that is going to make me feel good and when I do that I do the best so I slowly started to realize that this elimination diet was kind of like consuming my life because it was also like you can't eat anything processed nothing that comes in a bag so 24 7 I was like cooking my own food and it was just exhausting it's like the only thing I was thinking about was like what can I eat and like that's exactly what makes eating disorders really bad the last thing that you should be thinking about when you go to bed is what am I going to eat tomorrow morning and the first thing that you should be thinking about when you wake up is not what am I going to eat for breakfast and if that's like what you're thinking about right now like you can overcome this and you can get out of the cycle, but it takes your motivation and your devotion to get out of that cycle. You are the only person that can get yourself out of a pattern like this. And it's hard. It's hard to recognize it. It's hard to come to the terms with it. It's hard to acknowledge that you have, you know, an eating disorder or like body dysmorphia. But if you do, the only way to break it is to recognize and accept that you do, which is what I had to do. So I remember I woke up one morning and I was like, fuck it, you cannot be scared of food today. And then I just was like, I'm going to eat eggs, avocado and toast. And I did. And I felt fine. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I feel good. So then like I slowly started keeping like a list of foods that I felt good with. And I instead of like going backwards and eliminating, I just kept adding. And if food triggered me, then I would just you know stop eating that for that time period and then try it the next week and if it still bothered me I was like okay that's a trigger food I'll put that away for now I'll try to not eat as much of that like eat it in moderation but don't eat it every day and that's kind of what I've done for the past six months um I've noticed that grains do not sit well with me even if they're gluten-free grains I mean I have celiac disease my body hates gluten it seems to not like gluten-free uh wheat products not wheat products gluten-free um carbs as well I don't know why. It's just the way my body is. It doesn't like it. Kind of makes sense because in general, my body hates wheat. <laughs> so I, instead of cutting out carbs, I just found modifications. I'll make like homemade sweet potato um, tortillas 
or I'll resort to almond flour tortillas or like the Siete brand. Um, because you need to be eating carbs. You can't just like cut food groups out. Again, the same thing with fruit. Um, I found that fruit was a huge trigger for me and I was having like a smoothie bowl every single day because I work at like an acai bowl store. And I learned that I didn't have to completely cut out fruit to, you know, feel good. I could eat it one serving size a day because before I was having like three serving sizes a day of like a huge acai bowl with like fruit on top. So now I do a small acai bowl with no fruit on top and just like granola um, without the oats because oats bother me. So it's all about like literally like you literally have to listen to your body and see how it feels every time like you eat something new. And um, I mean, that helped me so much. Uh, by not restricting, restricting, and instead adding and adding. Like, because <laughs> restricting was just putting me in a very bad place. Anyways, besides my bloating, um, along with my bloating came very inconsistent weight. It was really hard for me to... The only reason I knew my weight is because I was continually going to doctors because, you know, they were taking my blood, I was getting procedures done, and every time I went, they were, like, taking my weight, and it would fluctuate from, like... 130 to 150 and it would just be all over the place and some days I would like be so skinny I wouldn't my pants would be like massive on me and then other days I couldn't even fit in those same pants and I'm like how the fuck does that make sense like <laughs> it's been one week like how did I gain that much weight in a week and along with bloating comes like water resistance and just comes along with like you don't feel good you're gonna eat your comfort foods and because of that you're gonna gain weight um, but like if you're gaining that much weight within one week or two months, I mean, that's kind of a sign that something's wrong. And, um, I only, yeah, again, knew this because I was always being weighed at the doctors, but then, um, I went to my OBGYN and I was kind of telling her how I was feeling. And she was like, you know, you can ask the doctors like not to weigh you. And I think that's something that I haven't been to the doctor since that, but I think that I'm going to go and do that moving forward because, I don't like to know my weight. If I feel good, that is the only thing I care about. I don't want to know how much I weigh. I don't want to compare it to anybody else because my weighing 130 pounds, I might look the same as someone who weighs 115 pounds. Like weight literally means nothing. It just has to do with your body mass and that's literally it. And it doesn't, it shouldn't affect how you feel about yourself. You know, if you like the way you look or not even if you just feel good like that's that's all that matters honestly as long as i'm not bloated as long as i'm feeling good in my health then i don't care what i weigh uh, at the times that i was being weighed at the doctors and i would notice my weight going up like 15 pounds in one week i became like obsessed with like working out because i was like oh my god like i don't know what i'm doing wrong but somehow i'm gaining this much weight in a week like I must be eating wrong or I must not be working out enough. And then I'm bloated all the time. So I'm like, maybe if I do these really hard workouts, it'll help with my bloating, which obviously didn't know at the time, but that was completely the opposite of what <laughs> was actually true. So yeah, I became obsessed with like overworking out. I would like do these like two hour long hit workouts. I'd be running 15 miles a week. Like I wanted to do everything I could to try to like decrease, you know, 
the bloating that I felt because after a really hard workout I would feel really good the next hour but then doing like a hit workout or running like hard like that would cause me to bloat more and I wasn't understanding why but basically you're putting more strain on your body which causes your gut to overcompensate and then it leads to inflammation um, that's why it's really good for people with IBS and celiac and any autoimmune disease to do low impact workouts. Try to refrain from doing HIIT workouts um, because that does cause a lot of inflammation in your gut. Or like me, I'm an athlete. I love to freaking work out as hard as hell because I've just been an athlete my whole life. So instead of doing five to six days of HIIT workouts and running, I'll do two days of HIIT and running and then I'll do three days of yoga, walking and Pilates just like kind of balance it out a little bit but in the beginning the reason I became like obsessed with working out and then going on walks like every day and like counting my steps was because I wasn't realizing that my bloating and my um, inflammation in my gut was leading to this weight gain and if you don't know that it does it's just a known fact that having an unhealthy gut can lead to weight gain and water retention um so yeah, I would also walk at night too because I was like, I mean, in sense, walking would help my bloating. But at that time, I was doing so much hard working out that it wasn't really doing anything. And I always felt guilty if I took a day off. Like anytime I took a day off, my body would feel like shit. But in reality, my body needed that rest and needed to recover it because I wasn't giving it any time to recover. Um, and again, I know I mentioned this before, like my clothes would go from fitting to not fitting literally within a week. And that led to me like becoming obsessed with working out. Even after working out, I was never satisfied with the way I looked. I was always just like, it can be better. It can do better. Like, I'm still bloated. Like, something else has to be done. In reality, I just needed to stop. Like, I didn't know that. But a couple of months ago, I just completely stopped doing HIIT workouts. I stopped running. And I just started doing the stair climber, weightlifting, Pilates, yoga, and uh, walking. And my symptoms have dramatically improved. Like, every... I just did a hit workout three days last week in a row and my bloating was like bad and I started to vomit my food again um it's one of my symptoms of my celiac disease my food will literally like it's like GERD it will like regurgitate back up and I haven't had that in probably a year and right after I did my hit workout I was like shit my food is coming back up it just caused so much inflammation in my body and I was like wow and this is why I need to stick to my low impact workouts. After this point, I decided that I was going to, you know, fix myself because I was headed in a very bad direction. So I started to move towards eating more intuitively again. And in sense, I kind of just explained that and it actually worked very well for me. Um, I started eating intuitively, but avoiding my trigger foods that I knew that were going to cause IBS flare-ups. So for me, it was eating intuitively, but being paleo, um, because eating paleo for me helps my IBS flares so much. Like I, I am struggling to finish recording this podcast because um, I just for dinner had uh, I had chicken and a salad, a lettuce. If I too much lettuce, it bothers me. And I also had chips chips freaking hate my body like corn hates my body any sort of tortilla chip my stomach kills but they taste so good and i just want to freaking eat them and live life but no now my stomach is in severe severe pain but whatever i'm just gonna fight through it <laughs> i'll wake up hopefully feel a little bit better tomorrow but basically i just i just decided that i needed to stop hyper fixating on my food and my symptoms and just enjoy the things that brought me happiness.
happiness. And this was something that changed my mental health so much in the past six months. Um, when I was working with my nutritionist, I was paying out of pocket. I think I paid about 2000 plus with supplements. And that was a lot of money for me. And that was a huge investment because in my mind, I would spend any amount of money to help my health. But I know that a lot of people don't have the type of money to do that. Like, I was lucky that, you know, my parents helped out a little bit, but most of it was my own money. And that was like taken all taken all out of my savings account, which, you know, was hard for me to do. But I was like, if it's going to help my health, then like I need to do it because I can't live sick forever. Unfortunately, my doctor didn't have any recommendations of nutritionists or well nutritionists that I could get help through my insurance, which would be ideal because, you know, I really I realistically didn't have the money to spend towards a nutritionist, but I had to get it from somewhere (laughs) because I needed to help myself. Um, And I am very, very, very excited to share this with you guys. Um, So I've actually partnered up with a company um, to spread awareness to you guys about this brand. It's called Nourish. And you can visit the website at www.usenourish.com. And listen up. Literally, I screamed when I saw this. It is dietitians that are covered by insurance if you've tried to find a nutritionist or a dietitian you know that they are never never covered by insurance so when i saw this i was like holy freaking god like i need to share this with everyone because if i could go back a year ago when i was looking for a nutritionist i would 100 percent have used nourish like this is huge guys nutritionists usually go for about a thousand plus for about three months of work And to be covered by insurance in full is like absolutely amazing because you're getting the help that you need and it's covered by insurance. How this would work is you would go to the website and you are going to head to the contact page. So on the contact page, it gives you a phone number that you can call if you want to speak directly with someone and, you know, talk to them about their services. There's also an email if you want to email them, but there's also a contact form. So in that contact form, going to provide your name. Um, your email, your phone number, and then you are going to provide what you need help with. And I'm going to read off this list. There's general nutrition. You can do eating disordered or disordered eating, which is why I think this is really relevant today's, to today's topic. Because if I could have talked to a nutritionist about my disordered eating and how I was feeling, like I think it would have been so much better and I wouldn't have felt so alone and I wouldn't have felt so crazy. But continuing on, um, they also cover diabetes and prediabetes heart health, autoimmune disorder, and this is where celiac disease, Crohn's disease, IBS all comes in. Gut health is another option. Weight management, sports nutrition, specific diet, mental health, food allergies, women's health, pediatric pediatric nutrition, and other. So after you choose the topic of which you want to discuss about, it has you tell a little bit about yourself and what you're hoping to achieve achieve by working with a dietitian and basically they'll use that information to match you with the right dietitian because they all specialize in different areas um there's also a like looking for a provider tab and on that tab it will tell you all about what the nutritionist background is and what they kind of specialize in some specialize in gut health others special specialize in disordered eating um so they're, through the information that you provide, they're able to provide you with the right dietitian for your needs. 
They also ask you who your health insurance provider is, what state you live in, and how did you hear about us, which I don't know if there's a drop down. Probably you can put, yeah, like Instagram or something like that. And then it might ask you who who referred you, but those aren't as important. Um, Basically, when you fill out that information, you do get a free 15-minute informational call with a care coordinator. If you want to schedule your first appointment, you can call 512-693-7045. Let's go into a little about like what Nourish is and you might have some questions about it. So basically, the mission of Nourish is to expand access to nutrition care and simplify food for those, you know, who have difficulties with it. They work to find affordable nutrition care that works with everyone's insurance plan and they are able to reduce the cost of seeing a new a dietitian um, to as low as zero dollars out of pocket depending on the insurance that you do have. So the next question you're probably going to ask me is what insurances do they cover? So let me cover that a little bit. And I am sorry if I pronounce any of these wrong but I am going to try to pronounce these the best I can. So they currently work with Medicare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Cigna, United Healthcare, Aetna, and Humana. Um, and it says here, please reach out if you'd like, like us to add coverage for another network. So if you haven't heard your insurance, um, in those that I just listed, always feel free to give them a call and they're willing to work with you, um, to see what they can provide you based on the insurance that you have. Also, just to provide you a little bit more information on the providers, the providers are registered dietitian nutritionists. So that's also known as RDNs, and they are health professionals specializing in food and nutrition. Um, The title of an RDN is a nationally recognized credential, and all of their RDNs have a completed bachelor's degree in food and nutrition and or a master's degree in nutrition, and then an approved academy of nutrition and dietics dietic internship. In order to have the status as an RDN, you also have to successfully pass the national registration exam and they're also required to complete a significant number of ongoing um, educational credits every year. Not only is it important that I provide you this information on these RDNs education, but I think if I were in your shoes, I would want to know that these RDNs are seriously experts in their field and that they're going to provide you the resources and the knowledge that you need. And I am able to confidently say that, that they can do that for you. Another important factor is what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Basically, an RDN is sometimes referred to as a nutritionist. However, a nutritionist who has not received their RDN status may not advertise or practice as a registered dietitian nutritionist. So RDNs and LDNs are the only health professionals permitted to Consult patients on medically necessary dietary interventions. Obviously, you want to know how much you have to pay for these services. So depending on your insurance, your visit may be fully covered, which is obviously what I hope can be the case for most of you. Um, So if it's fully covered, that means your insurance is taking over that cost. And Nourish provides a statistic on their websites that 95% of Nourish patients pay nothing at all, which is exactly what I want to see because I want you guys to be able to get these services for little to no cost. What do you do if your insurance was not listed on that list that I mentioned earlier? So they also state that they offer private pay services if your insurance does not cover sessions. Um, So the initial assessment would be $180 and a follow-up appointment would be $145. State that if you have a private insurance um, rates 
will increase for longer sessions. They also do keep a couple spots available for those who need help financially. And if you have more questions about the financial side of Nourish, you can always give them an email at support at usenourish.com. So if you have any questions, that is where I recommend that you send them to. We do meet with people of all ages. So it can be a child, it can be adult, it can be a teenager. Anyone can use Nourish. And in case you speak a different language, they also have several team members that speak Spanish. Um, so that can help to make your appointment more accommodating to you and to your language if you do speak Spanish. If you need a Spanish-speaking dietitian, I would just recommend that you give them a phone call and let them know over the phone or in an email so that they can match you with a correct dietitian for you. I am not sure if I said this before, but all of the appointments are telemedicine. So it's you will be on a video call with the dietitian or the nutritionist, and through that they will be able to provide their service, which makes it convenient to you because then you can meet with your dietitianist at any time, any point of day, anywhere in the world at whatever time you need to meet with them. Well, that is what I had to say about that. Again, their website is www.usenourish.com. I definitely recommend it to check it out. Out if you want to schedule, you know, your first 15 minute free call and talk to them and see what their services are about. I definitely recommend that. But seriously, guys, this is an absolutely amazing opportunity. I worked with a nutritionist again, and I paid 2000 plus out of pocket. And it was extremely difficult for me to be able to just pull that out of my savings. Um, I'm lucky that I had that money. But it's seriously really uncommon to come across places that cover dietitians through insurance. So I am so happy to be able to provide this information to you and I hope that it will come of good things for people who use the services. Moving back into talking about my diet, one thing that really helped me over the past six months um, and after working with my nutritionist was moving my thoughts away from just about what food I had to cook, what food I was going to eat and focusing more on the things that I love to do to take my mind off food i needed to stop cooking for a bit i needed to just live in the moment and enjoy these experiences that were happening around me that i wasn't even taking place in because i was so like oh my god i need to prep this food that has no chemicals in it and like i need to make this such healthy food it's like no step back for a little bit take a break like you can live a balanced life you can eat really healthy and really clean and you can live a life it's all about planning so it's like Meal prep. Meal prep is great. If you have the time on like a Friday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night, Saturday morning to meal prep some chicken, quinoa, and sweet potatoes and say like green beans or something, then you can throw that all together in a bowl and you have a clean meal that you can just pop in the microwave and eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner anytime you need it, you know? All about finding balance and that was the one thing that I was missing and that was leading me to get into these bad patterns of behavior. Again, I started to do the things that I knew that I love to do. I love spending time alone. It is good for my soul. It's good for my mental health. And self-care days should be unlimited. It is the one thing that will teach you who you are and what you want in life. And it will help you overcome your autoimmune disease. Because if you can deal with your emotions on your own and you don't need to rely on other people for that support, then you can truly overcome anything. Seriously. So I started to do things like be outside. Nature is so healing. Just to have the sun on your skin, the heat on your body, and to look at the little things around you, like the the leaves like blowing in the wind, literally amazes me. It's so beautiful. Um, and I love doing sunsets and sunrises. I love going to coffee shops and getting a matcha latte. 
Um, I picked up yoga because I wanted to get more into meditation and I wanted to work on my deep breathing because I've been pretty stressed out lately and I knew that that was causing my stomach to flare a little bit. So I worked on yoga. Um, I got some handstands down. I started doing headstand yoga. I got into meditation as well. And I know I mentioned low impact workouts before, which I also got into as well. I truly fell in love with low impact workouts. And for me, this was Pilates, yoga, weightlifting, doing the stair climber, anything like walking as well. I mean, my 100% most favorite low impact workout is surfing, but I don't have a beach near me. So that does not work out very well. But um, I started to fall in love with low impact workouts because it's about, you know, working out to feel good, you know, hit workouts and running constantly. During those times, I was running and working out to punish my body, to punish my body for bloating, to punish my body for not feeling good. And with these workouts, I don't leave feeling exhausted. I don't leave feeling like I'm punishing my body. I leave truly feeling energized and feeling good. I'm not exhausted and bloating after. It, it made my body feel really good and I wasn't punishing my body anymore, which was a huge step in the right direction for me. I also realized during this time that I needed to eat a paleo and anti-inflammatory diet, but as long as I ate my trigger foods in moderation and I didn't eat them every day, I was able to handle them without bloating. Um, so for example, I would say I used to eat like three serving sizes of fruit every day. Now I only eat one a day. When it comes to toast, I eat toast in the morning because my body will handle it better than if I eat toast at night. I'm not sure why. Or um, maybe I only go three days a week with eating bread and then the rest of the week I eat natural unprocessed carbs. The next thing that I did was I bought some new clothes. You know, buying new clothes makes you feel like a new freaking woman. But it's not that I just bought new clothes. I bought new clothes that fit my body. I was constantly obsessed with like trying to fit back into my pants that I knew I no longer would fit back into and that caused a lot of um, body image issues with me. I was like, what the heck? I fit in these a year ago. Like, why don't I fit in them anymore? Well, the thing is your body is going to change. You're not going to fit into the same clothes forever and that's okay. Everyone's body is constantly growing and moving and shifting and moving with your life, you know? Just as you grow as a person in life, your body grows too. And that's okay. You're not going to be the same size as you were when you were a teenager. Even a year ago, so much can happen in a year. And just because you don't fit in your pants doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Maybe you gained some beautiful muscle. Maybe you gained a little bit of weight and that's okay. Think about all the memories that go along with associated weight. Like that means you enjoyed really good times with your friends and you ate cookies and donuts or maybe you had a little too many margaritas and that's okay. You're living life. You're seriously living life. If you can say, I lived life last year and because of that I gained a couple pounds, who the fuck cares? You got, you got to live life while other girls like maybe didn't eat at all and because of that were super skinny, but they weren't living life. They weren't enjoying life. You were able to say that you lived life and you had fun with it. Who cares if you gained any weight at all? Go buy yourself a new pair of jeans, girl. You know me. When I buy jeans, I buy two sizes up so that I can fit in when I'm bloated. That's the best thing to do, you know? And that's exactly what I started to do. I started buying clothes that were one to two size bigger or really stretchy jeans so that when I was bloated, I was comfortable. Because I was trying to fit into these tight-ass Zara jeans that literally restrict and constrain my guts. I swear to God, those things are the most uncomfortable things in the entire universe. And I was tired of feeling like shit every time I put them on. So I was like, screw this. 
I'm going to buy some stretchy jeans that I can fit in and I can feel comfortable in and that I want to go out in. And I, if I can wear clothes when I'm bloated and feel comfortable in them, then I'll go out with my friends, you know? I just don't want to put on the really tight jeans and feel like absolute crap when I put them on. So get your, if, you, if you don't want to buy too many big size jeans, because say you buy them one to two size bigger and they don't fit all the time, buy at least one pair so that when those times that you are super bloated, you have something to wear and you're going to feel comfortable in them. Because then you'll still go out and you'll still live life and you'll still make those memories with your friends. You know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I also started to spend a lot of time alone. Because I was feeling this really deep pain deep within. And... I knew if I could learn to fall in love with the person and the body that God gave me, then I would be able to overcome these emotions. Spending time with yourself is truly so important. You begin to learn things that you like to do. You begin to learn the things that you don't like to do. And you begin to learn that you don't care about anyone else's opinion. Because by spending time alone, you will learn where you want to go in life, what you want to achieve with life. And no one else matters at those moments because truly this is your life and no one else does matter. You matter and getting to know yourself will help you overcome so many challenges in life. I began to do a lot of self-care nights. I would journal how I was feeling. I would practice deep breathing just to get rid of my stress and anxiety. I would do walks in the morning and I would go on sunset, sunset walks and sunrise walks. I would light chocolate candles i swear to god chocolate smelling candles are the best things in the entire world and i would put on some indie music and i would literally just lay in bed and just think about nothing just like sometimes you just gotta relax and just think about nothing and all of these moments taught me that there's so much more to life than what my body looks like there's so much more to life than it fitting into the standard skinny ass body there's so much more to life. Like I just said, go out with your friends and make memories. Next year, you're not going to remember the time that you didn't fit in your pants and you were so upset about it. Next year, you're not going to remember that a year from now you were bloated and you were in so much pain. But you will remember if you go out to the bar with your friends and have an amazing time. So don't skip these core memories in your life just because you don't like the way your body looks. Or just because you're uncomfortable in your skin. Because let me tell you, nobody else notices. Nobody else notices and criticizes the body the way that you do. You notice all your little imperfections, but everyone else just sees your personality and your smile and how kind of a person you are. No one's looking you up and down and going, oh my god, look at the way she... Look at her. Like Nobody thinks that way. Truly, when I meet somebody... It's all about personality to me. I'm like, wow, they're so sweet. Or wow, they made me laugh. Like, it's never like, oh my God, this is what she looks like. Like, what? Like, truly, I think 95% of people will judge a person off the actions and the personality that they have versus the way that they look. And it's so important to remember that. Fall in love with you because of your personality and the way that you treat them and the way that you make them feel. Your looks and your physique is the last thing people care about when they get to know you, truly. This was such an important realization for me to be, over, to be able to overcome an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. Social media constantly teaches us that people only like you based on your looks and aesthetic. And that's truly not true. And I think that's one of the reasons why I created this account. Because look at us. We're all in this big community of people who 
are exactly the opposite of what social media wants us to be. We're all imperfect. We all have a chronic illness. We all have an autoimmune disease. We're not perfect at all, but we're still here supporting each other. We're still here telling each other that we're beautiful, and that's okay. We are beautiful. We have imperfections, and that does not make us any less beautiful. People notice that your smile radiates love. Your body takes you to beautiful places. Your body helps you fight sickness. Your body helps you move. And it's important to be grateful for all of these things that your body does for you because I think we take it for granted. We kind of just don't think about it anymore. You know, These are all involuntary actions and things that we don't remember to think about. And they're so important to recognize. And I know I mentioned this before, but once I stopped fixating, everything became better. This is me telling you to start listening to your body. If your body is bloating, that means it's telling you that something's wrong and you need to try to get to the bottom of what that is. Celiac disease and you haven't started eating gluten-free. Are you eating gluten-free and you have celiac disease, but maybe there's something else going on? Maybe you should go back to the doctor and tell them about your symptoms. You have another chronic illness that you're not aware of, like me, and I had IBS and I was not aware, and I also had Crohn's disease. One thing I'm going to tell you is that not eating is not going to solve any of your bloating or any of your body dysmorphia or any of your eating disorders. Eating is going to cause your metabolism to slow down, and it will cause you to be more bloated. As for example, say you skip a meal. So you're skipping that meal, and when it finally gets to the point where you're so hungry that you need to eat, you're going to binge on a lot of food. And when you binge and you eat quickly, that causes a lot of bloating. And because of that, you just did the opposite of what you thought you were doing. You know, you're making your symptoms a lot worse than they could have been if you just ate a little tiny breakfast. And I'm not saying, like, you have to have these extravagant meals, like, every time you eat. You know, wake up and have a little protein drink, like, an only-what-you-need protein smoothie. Super light on your stomach. Just get something in your body to get your metabolism moving. And if you get your metabolism moving, your bowels will also be moving as well. And that will help. A lot of the times when I was bloated, it was because I had to go to the bathroom, number two. And I wasn't eating and it was causing that to stay like within me and to cause more bloating. And then when I would finally eat, it would move through. And I was like, oh man, I should have ate earlier because then I wouldn't be so bloated. So truly, if you can eat tiny and small meals and you don't feel like eating these really big and extravagant meals, start there. It's, it's better than nowhere. It's better than not eating at all. And I want to reiterate that if you feel like you are dealing with body dysmorphia and an eating disorder and you have celiac, Crohn's, or IBS, just know that you're not alone at all and that this is not uncommon within our diseases and with people who have chronic illnesses like we do. We are so strong and we deal with so much pain. And this is one of the symptoms that comes along with it, you know, learning to love your body and the symptoms that come along with your chronic illness, even when it may not make you look or feel the best. Would I have suffered from all of these ailments if I didn't have celiac disease? Probably not. But, you know, this was my challenge that helped me become the person that I am today. And it helped me grow a better relationship with food because I realized how important that that relationship was. Another reason why a lot of people with chronic stomach issues tend to have eating disorders or body dysmorphia is because we're so focused on getting our op- getting and reaching our optimal health. And for that, our optimal health is having zero symptoms. So we hyperfixate on diet to compensate and to try to eliminate those symptoms. And the truth is, 
you're never probably going to be 100% symptom-free. Like, I would consider myself close to being symptom-free right now, but I still have flare-ups at least once and twice a week. Like, I'm never going to be fully, completely simple f- symptom-free, but, you know, we do hyper-fixate on our diet sometimes because we're like, well, maybe if we eat a little bit less of this, we'll feel just a little bit different and a little bit better. And, you know, that leads you down a very bad path of having a bad relationship with food. And... Don't feel bad if this is the case. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're doing something wrong. You're doing exactly what anyone else would do, you know? And that's okay. Recognize what you're going through and try to improve on it. It's exactly what I did. I didn't deny what was happening. I took it into account and I made a plan to help fix it. And if you're going through an eating disorder right now or you're going through body dysmorphia, acknowledge it. It's okay. You don't have to tell anybody. I've never told anybody. I acknowledge it to myself so that I could tell myself, Lauren, look what you're doing. And it's okay, but let's turn it around. You know, you don't have to tell anybody. Just tell yourself that you want to get better and that you want to improve your relationship with food and that you want to look in the mirror and love who you are. And I wouldn't say it's something that help it happens overnight. It's something that takes a lot of work and a lot of strength to push through. But just know that if you stop fixating on food, you start doing the things that you love, you start to eat intuitively, you know, that will come. And you will overcome this. And I can truly, truly promise that you will get there because I, I wouldn't say I'm perfect. I wouldn't say that I never look at my body and go like, wow, I'm not happy with the way it looks. But I've come a really long way and I've worked really hard at it. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect to say that you've grown as a person or that you've grown out of something. But as long as you're trying and you are making some sort of positive success in your growth out of some place, then that is amazing. And that is what we want to see. We want to see your growth and we want to see your success. I am sending you a lot of love and a lot of positive vibes for this week. And I'm so excited to bring you, I think this is podcast episode 10, which is absolutely crazy. Freaking, freaking love this. It's so amazing. And I love being able to provide these more in-depth talks to you guys about celiac disease. It really brings me a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. So I'm so grateful to be able to provide this for you. Again, if you want to see my daily TikToks, you can follow me at Free with me. And if you want to follow my everyday move um, in terms of like literally waking up and going to bed and what I do all throughout the day, you can follow me on Instagram at eat.glutenfree with me. And if you are, are enjoying these podcasts, then I would give me a follow on Spotify or Apple Music. And yeah, that's it for today. I will talk to you guys next week. Love you. Bye.